the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me to discuss all the latest happenings at our wonderful Upside Down Crazy Club. It's my partner in crime, it's Matt. Hey mate, yeah that's a that's a great way of describing it. <laughs> yeah, bonkers, absolutely bonkers. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing normal about Tottenham Hotspur whatsoever. No, no. And there are times where it gets me very down, there are times I'm at the highest of highs, and then there are times where like now I just look at it and go, This is mental. Yeah, it <laughs> what really am I is. Doing? <laughs> uh and just embrace it. Embrace yes, the craziness. Completely. Yeah. Um but we actually and and this is such a joyful thing because this has been such a such a slog this year. I'm not going to lie. We've had a fair few messages from people saying thank you for doing a podcast throughout the pandemic and stuff like that. And you're welcome. It was as much from my benefit as it was yours because I was very much on my own. <laughs> so <laughs> I am. Um, I have found it tough going through this season to the point that I think I messaged you the other day saying four games left. That means there's only four more shows. Yeah, we 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 can do this. It's an endurance (laughs) test. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we're both just like done, knackered. (laughs) I think think everyone's feeling it a little bit. Like, is the season over yet? Can the season be over now? Um, But we just won a game. And look, I'm going to throw this caveat right up front, okay? Sheffield United at the bottom of the league. They're already relegated. Yeah, okay. We didn't just smash Man City or anything like that, right? Yeah, granted. So throw that away. I've thrown that caveat out there. That's done. But, mate, we just won a game of football 4-0 and we played We played football. Yeah, and Bow scored a hat-trick. And there was it was an amazing <laughs> hat-trick. It was almost like on a par yeah. with that hat-trick he scored at San Siro, you know? Powering yeah. the ball in. It was just... Oh, it was, it was a joy. Mad. It was an absolute yeah, joy. Yeah. And I can I can remember you saying, I think it might have been on the evening of the game, that you said you watched mm. Match of the Day for the first time since the Man United yeah, game. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, Match of the Day too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it the first you. time. <clears throat> there were two reasons why I watched Match of the Day too. I'm not going to lie. One, because I really enjoyed the football we played and I wanted to see the highlights of it, see it again. And two... Because there was an incident where Lachelso got stamped on. <sighs> that after the game on Sky, they just went anyway. Thanks everyone, bye. And I'm like, whoa, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's crazy, Seb? Like, like, because you you watch Match of the Day too, and rightfully yeah. they're all outraged, like we all yeah. are. Is, yeah. is it? Is it like I'm starting to think now? It's some kind of agenda with Sky Sports. Man. It is weird. It is really weird. But it's like here is a player who literally gets stamped <sighs> on his head. Now, now here, here's the thing with the Lachelso incident is. The Chelsea, uh, possibly the Latin blood in him, who knows, is a player that if he gets hit sometime, like gets to the ground, he will throw himself to the ground like he's been shot, okay? And a load of players are like that across every club in the country. We all have them in our teams. We all see it in the opposition. When it's on our team, it's like, oh, he's won a free kick there. When it's in somebody else, it's like, look at that cheating git. Yeah, think think, <laughs> but, think Lamella, Lamella at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah think, think Lamella at Old Trafford. Like, oh, that's awful. Every other football fan in the world condemning him and Tottenham fans are going to <laughs> so so when the Chelsea goes down doing that I'm kind of like oh no what's happened has he breathed on his face you know is he, is he... And, and I'm kind of like that. and then he moves his hand and I'm like what the fuck yeah, yeah. and then they show the replay and, I, and I'm like my brain I was Man, I was angry. I was like, how could that son... Because he did it on purpose. And I'm not... Uh, no one is going to convince me that he didn't do that on purpose. Nobody on the planet is going to. No, and do, do you know what as well? And what, and, and what makes me think that it's not just our bias? I mean, it was, yeah. it, was it Jonas and Shearer, wasn't it, on Match of the Day too? Yeah. Now, yeah, now obviously, yeah, Jonas yeah. has played for Spurs. But when you listen yeah. to him commentate, there's no... I mean, I know he, he makes a, an effort to be unbiased. You know, he, he actually goes against he, us sometimes, you know? He, he does make an effort to go unbiased. I mean, you can tell he's a, he's a good bit top. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, he does he does try to toe the line. Shearer, on the other hand, he's got no he's got is, no association with no, us, has he? So there's no reason for no. him to be biased or anything. No, but, and 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 Shearer played in the era of the game where stamping on someone's head was you know maybe a booking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he looked at that and went, yeah, that's 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 really bad. <laughs> how, how did like and and what's the more outrageous? It's not the fact that. 
nothing happened, but it went to VAR. They oh, looked no, at I what can. we looked I at. Can. What did they? What did they I not see? Go over it. There, there's so much in it. I mean, like first of all, everyone who listens to this show on a regular basis knows I come from a rugby background. Now, everybody knows that rugby is a more physical sport in the sense of physicality in the contact of the sport. In rugby, you put your foot near an opponent's head as a red card. It doesn't matter if you broke down in tears afterwards because you didn't realise he was there. It's an instant red card. You've endangered your opponent. It's it's like a massive known. It's like one of those things that is just, uh, and pardon the pun, stamped out of the game. Yeah, yeah. It is gone. And and in football, it, there are rules around there about endangering your opponent. The same thing. Now the week before West Ham played Chelsea, right? And they sent a West Ham player off for literally endangering his opponent because as he kicked the ball, his foot was raised and his studs were showing. So anyone who's watching this, who's ever played football, know if you kick the ball and you're trying to launch it, your foot follows through, your leg follows through. There is nothing this guy could do to do anything different than what he has done. But because Ben Chilwell's trying to charge him down, Ben Chilwell gets the studs into him because he's tried to charge the ball down he gets basically kicked the var referee looks at that tells the referee on the field to go look at the monitor for dangerous play endangering his opponent and the guy sent off the same var referee who made that decision has looked at lachelso getting his head stamped on by a guy who doesn't show a, any remorse at all, even though he knows he's done it. Look at him. Anyone watches the replay now, if you've not seen this, go and look at it now. He lands on his shoulder first, and then his foot continues to stamp onto his head. Now, if you feel contact, like if you're a footballer, you're anybody, and you've walked across and you've accidentally stood on someone, something, a cat, anything, you've stood on, you realise you've stood on something. And your human reaction is to like lift your foot straight away and be like, oh my God, mm. oh no, what's happened? Mm. That is your human reaction to doing that, unless you're meant to do yeah. it. Now, if you meant to do it, your reaction is, oh, what? No, come on, I didn't touch him. What are you on about? Which is exactly what that piece of shit yeah, did. Yeah, and, and he you, literally you look, you, stamped on his head. You look at it, and he's looking down, like, and it's, and, and as yeah, you see, he, looks, he, yeah. he, like, he's the speed of his foot quickens, yeah. like he's stamping. Yeah. He's actually making an effort to stamp he, on his he head. He has actually done it on. Like I said, there is nothing in the world that's going to convince me any different. And the guy has literally got away with yeah. it. It just literally, there's no recourse. Like, um, before VAR, something like that happened in a game and the referee missed it. After the game, that would be cited and an FA panel would look at it and he'd get a ban because of it. There's not a doubt in my mind that a panel in the cold light of day looking at that would go, whoa, that's dangerous. Mm. You know, that's dangerous play. You've got a three-match ban. That's atrocious. Now, because it went to VAR, we can't, we can't do that. We can't refer it to any panel because they say, no, it's been looked at. Yeah. it's bullshit it's absolute bullshit and this is where the massive problem with VAR you look at offside decisions in this game Sonny's goal is ruled out because his armpit hair was slightly longer than the defenders that kind of decision pisses me off but offside is a black and white line sometimes it's going to go for you sometimes it's going to go against you it's actually no different than it's ever been other than the fact we're seeing lines drawn on the pitch and it's exasperating when that line is so close <laughs> and you just think, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. And now that, that's what it is. But when VAR is looking at incidents like that, and like, and the West Ham one the week before, that West Ham kid should never have been sent off. And the fact is that they appealed it and it was rescinded straight away. So even the referees, the cold light of day, looked at it and went, yeah, that was never a red card. It's rescinded. So I'm I'm just how in the hell can this VAR referee, this referee, a Premier League referee, continue to be given games when he is that incompetent? What other industry or sport or anything just continues to go? Look, VAR showing on a weekly basis, you all crap. But you know, here's your wages. Mm. It, it's a tr- and that is what VAR has done for me. My every time I hear a debate around VAR and stuff like, I look at it and go, actually, it's the officials. If they were applying the VAR pro- properly, because if that guy, like, so got that guy in that studio looks at that and goes, "Oh, you know, I've seen a replay of that," I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he meant to do that or not. Even if he looked at it and went, he didn't mean to do it, it's still reckless and it's a yellow card. Yeah, yeah. 
to say that there's nothing there at all. What what has did he watch the replay with his eyes closed? Yeah, yeah. To look at Lacelso's face as well. It was a mess, well, wasn't it? It's like the referee on the field as well. Now this is where this is something that um, rugby does, and I think football need to realise this with the technology, right? If you've got a rugby field, a rugby referee, and he he looks down, and he sees Lacelso's face like that, he can go, "Whoa, all right, I want to go look at the monitor," mm. you know, because he can look at that and look at his face and go. Well, that didn't just happen naturally because of the grass. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go and look at the monitor because I want to see what that was. At the moment, they are not allowed to do that unless the TV match official invites them to the monitor. So basically, you're relying on the competence of everyone there. Now, the on-field referee possibly didn't see it. You know, everything going on in that game, the ball's moved away from the area. But Jesus, how did you got two linesmen or whatever they were, assistant referees they want to be called now. You've got a TV official and they still don't see that. Mm. That is incompetence. That's not a problem of technology or anything else. It is utter incompetence. It was it was one of those moments where, I don't know if you was the same, where you you've, you watch it and you see that, you think, oh, it's gone to VAR this, so it's clearly going to... Yeah. And then when it doesn't, yeah. and you, you just spend about five minutes of the game thinking, I don't get it no, I, I don't I, get I don't, it I don't, I don't understand it, what's yeah. happened here it doesn't make any sense now could you imagine being in that stadium right imagine that stadium's full that incident happens now if, I, if I'm right and you've been in there more than I have with those referrals VAR it comes up on the big screen VAR red card you know mm. decision pen you know being reviewed and stuff like that mm. That means every fan in that stadium, even if you've not got a good view of what happened, you'd have known something's happened. Yeah, yeah. And that stadium's going to go like, what? Mm. You know, and, and I, I remember sometimes you've messaged me, hey, was that a foul? Yeah, yeah, I know, it's, <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Hey, have, you, have, you seen, have you seen a replay of that? I'm like, yeah, man, that should have been a penalty. And, you know, so if you do that, I reckon there's at least a few thousand doing that, all spreading the word around the stand, that should have been a pen, yeah, it should have been yeah. a pen. Oh, very and everyone's like, you're, you're just like I said, it's, it's utter incompetence, and it's so infuriating. And and it did, you know it didn't spoil it didn't spoil the game for me because we played some good football, we scored some good goals, but it did make me angry. Like that, that you know, this is a guy's head. He stamped on his head, mm. and for then you've got a situation where our coach at the moment is Ryan Mason, whose career was ended due to you know a brain injury, you know a skull fracture. And he's there as the coach of a player who's just had his head stamped on and nothing's happened. Not even a book in a record or anything. And like the press are like right in his face. He handled it brilliantly because I would have been freaking mental about yeah. it. Did you, did, you know, did you notice as well that, um, so that, that obviously like you, like you said, like Ryan Mason uh, had his career ended with a head injury mm. and quite a lot recently it's been in the, in the news and we've spoken about it as well on previous podcasts about um you know head injuries and how the, the game needs yeah. to take it a lot more seriously so it's yeah. something that has to be taken a lot more seriously okay yeah. so a that like the, there was the outrageous decision but b and and again this i don't want to kind of go back to this agenda that sky sports seem to have about with us but when when there was the picture of um, yeah, they took the look, piss out of him. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't, no, I don't. I'm with you. It just kind of go no, completely I'm, against. Uh... I'm with you. Head injury stuff is something that I'm uh, very passionate about. Due to suffering a lot of concussions and and still now, you know, I stopped playing rugby in my uh, similar to Mason at like late twenties simply because of cumulative head injuries and shoulder injuries and stuff like that. And you know, I, you you get to a point where you gotta you go. <clears throat> Do you know what? This hurts more than it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then you move on to like I'm watching stuff, and I am very very passionate about um, con- like all the concussion research and stuff like that. Just terrified me as I got older because all that information came out from the NFL. Then they did the studies with rugby players here, and now they're looking out with football players as well. And and you see that like, guys had his head stamped on. And there's nothing, you know, for one thing, there is this concussion substitute being brought into football. He should have been taken off and assessed. You know, Lachelso was allowed to play. Now, anyone watching that game for a little while, he he wasn't at it, mm. you know, and we did sub him off eventually. But, you know, he was having quite a good game. You know, he was getting in between the lines like he's supposed to. He was controlling the ball well, you know, he was playing it well. And then after that incident, you know, he looked really... 
you know, like off the pace a little, which I'm not surprised, even if you're just in a hell of a lot of pain. But it's something that football has to get better with. We have to shake off this bravado of, you know, oh, I'm all right. You know, he's all right. You know, he's a man. (laughs) Go on, get back out there. Yeah. Because it took rugby a long time to shake that off. You know, it was like a badge of honour. I remember being like 14 years old and being kicked in the head. Like the guy went to kick the ball and he kicked me in the head and said, so you can imagine the ferocity that he kicked it. I was out cold at like 14. I woke up with smelling salts and I went back on because they said, go on, you can run it off. Mm, mm. Now, that is just the way things were. I don't blame the people involved in that then or anything, but now I'm looking back at that, it's horrific. Yeah. You know, and, and times have changed. People's understanding has changed of concussion. Like, I lost a whole week of my life when I was 16. Mm. Like, I cannot remember. Like, all my friends at school kept saying to teachers, he ain't right. He ain't right. You know, he's he's not right. And I literally was sat at home on a Sunday, and I just, like, came out of it, and I was freaked out. I didn't know where I was. Because from playing rugby on, like, I think it was a Saturday afternoon, and I had a head injury, and then I, I can't remember anything from that, from going onto the rugby pitch on that day to the Sunday when I was, like, sat eating my lunch. Wow. Everyone, like, my friends noticed. Everyone else just thought I was a bit quiet. <laughs> Unlike you, Sam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else like, oh, he's finally shut up. This is wonderful. Perhaps that's what it was. Everyone was just really enjoying that week. Yeah, thanks for that, mate. That was was nice. Yeah. So, so anyway, head injuries. I do take it quite seriously. So when I saw that, I was just so fucking angry, Mm, just so mm. angry. And there's just no punishment. The guy just walks away from it, and it's now being turned into a bit of a joke. Like Eric Dyer made light of it on Instagram. Now, I know he's possibly making light of it because we have to make light of these things, and he's also possibly making it a bit of a dig as well. But I'm like, it ain't fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this guy is literally skated by. I did like the fact that Lamella come on and absolutely booted him up in the air once. Yeah, which, yeah, you can trust Lamella to did, do that, can't you? Yeah, which, which kind of made me feel like, that that was intentional. <laughs> that was that that felt nice. That was kind of like he came on booted him because it's funny because Lamella absolutely hacked the guy down, and then something else happened and Hoybier got booked. And I was kind of like Lamella's got away with yeah. that. He's literally hacked the bloke to the ground in front of everyone because Hoybier's then gone in on somebody else. The referees just booked him. <laughs> it's normally yeah, the other so way around, isn't it? It's normally Hoybier it that gets really away is, with it. Yeah, it's, it's normally Hoybier getting away with it and Lamella like. Um, <clears throat> yeah, do, do you know yeah, what's talking about Hoybier as well? Because, um, yeah. like, like you, it's weird because we've we've won quite a few games this season. But like yeah. you, probably this was the first one I watched on match. So that's 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 the thing, isn't it? Like, that's that's the that's yeah. it in a nutshell, right? We we've we've won a fair amount of games this season. Like you yeah, know, we're we still got a very thin, very thin, thin chance of making the top four, uh, yeah. which is insane. But it's because we've won quite a few games. But yeah, this this was the first time probably since the main night game I've I've watched Match of the Day as well. Yeah. And yeah, good. what I found was the commentator on Match of the Day says Hoybier. Like you yeah. feel like he needs to get in touch with all these Sky Sports commentators because oh. they can't seem to work it out. <laughs> what I said to you before, and it is so true, and now I've said it. If anyone's listening, I apologise because you're going to hear it as well. It's not that they say his name wrong; it's that they say it differently every freaking time. <laughs> here's Hoybier. Here's Hoijaberg. Yeah, here's Haigabagaba. Here's Hoijaberg. It's like, what are you doing? Just say it's it like right. You're having a stroke any time he gets the ball. <laughs> Oh, just say Pierre. Yeah, just say Pierre. Just say, yeah, and here's the Danish guy. <laughs> the Danish guy. <laughs> That's yeah. fine. I'd accept it. Did, just did you do that? Did you think? Did you think as well? And and this is like probably because of the season we've had that when that guy got away with that 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 stamping that we were like yeah. he's going to be the one that's going to nod in the equaliser on the eighth. Oh, 80s. massively! Yeah, <laughs> I, you, the 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 minute he should have been sent off and wasn't, I was waiting for him to score. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was. It was like the most obvious scripted Tottenham thing in history. Because <laughs> you got to remember, like, the Sheffield United as well. It's like, they went 1-0 up against us last season, and then we had a legitimate goal ruled out. That's right. Lucas, yeah. Lucas was fouled. Yeah, has he, has and he, as he yeah. was fouled, it hit his hand. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. like, you are kidding me. And our team lost it, and we ended up losing 3-0. So when this happened, I'm like, oh, you're kidding. You are not, a, you are kidding me. <laughs> As it was, we just we just powered through, and 
I tell you what, there's something about this belt. So the Bale first goal is flick out, you know, let's give props here. Sir Jorier had a great He game. did, he really did. And yeah. he really showed why, as an attacking fullback, he can really add something in the attack. Yep. Because that ball was per- perfect. perfect. It so couldn't be any more perfect, could it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Kane plays that ball. You're seeing it on a replay yeah. forever. Because yeah. it's just like, look at the skill. It was beautiful. And Bale's finish, just like, dink, thank you. Yeah. Um, so that was great, but the second goal was the one that pleased me the most. The second goal, because he's running from our box and has sprinted the length of the pitch, mm-hmm. so the kid is fit mm-hmm. and he is ready to go. And by the way, he was quick. Yeah, he was. I know yeah. he wasn't 23-year-old quick, Bale, but that was still rapid. That defender was blown away yeah and, and he, <laughs> he looked he looked and this is you realize when you realize how quick he, he looked yeah. like he was jogging <laughs> yeah and he looked like the fact that you sprinted away and then had a chance to look basically right over your shoulder like oh anyone yeah no, no i'll do me? it then. all right cool <laughs> yeah and he smashed it into the top like you see like keep you, know, you see people beat the keeper one-on-one tap it in you see him like get to that situation roll it in the corner nah not bad Bang! Top corner. There could have been two goalkeepers. They wouldn't have saved. No, that. Do, do, do you know you know the power as well because I just it's that noise it makes when it hits yeah, the. You know that's it's hit that with some oh, velocity. Man, that noise is like some sort of ASMR beautiful thing. It is. That. Yeah. Do you know there are and this is really stupid. Harry Kane against Dortmund Champions That's League. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the, the, the there was the yeah. noise of him hitting that yeah. the net that yeah. day and it still lives with me. That's mental. Yeah. I can think of yeah. that. But anyway. Um, so yeah, so all three goals, and the third one felt like Bale, like back in the day, rolls to the edge of the box, bang, goal. Mm, mm. I mean that keeper. I mean it was fairly close to the keeper as well, but he just didn't move. It was like, nah, that's <laughs> that, that's past me before I saw it. What the fuck? <laughs> um, but that was, I think that was Aurier setting him up yeah, for that as well. Yeah. So Aurier got two assists, and I mean I love the post-match interview with Bale, who was not subtle, by the way, about um. It's nice to be playing the Tottenham way again. And he's, he's right. It's lovely. No, he, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> but he just, you know, uh, Gareth, take some subtlety lessons, uh, dude, because you, you're not fooling anyone with your opinion of the last manager here. Do, do, you, know, do you know what? I know you... Was it was you to put it in our messenger group yesterday, the uh, yeah. comments by Paolo Di Canio about... Yes. Yeah. They were wow. brutal. Yeah, Di Canio on Jose Mourinho is nuts. If anyone's not seen this, yeah, Paolo Di Canio... <laughs> basically woke up ready to fight <laughs> yesterday <laughs> and he was asked about um jose being appointed the roma manager which is something i was going to come on to and oh wow yeah if you've not seen these comments um i think i've got oh you've got to read them out second. mate they are brutal yeah, they, they, yeah. but true just, <laughs> there's no subtlety like, there <laughs> i was like watching it and i'm like no no and then someone did a transcript so i copied it into this so yeah so this is paolo de canio on sky sports italy this has been translated from Italian into English uh, and he says uh, about Jose Mourinho he does not play football he plays anti-football you may enjoy yourselves in a few press conferences because a controversy makes good theatre but to reconstruct a team he is the worst you get I tell you he is the worst of the worst he is finished in every conceivable way AS Roma have the worst of the worst. It is like when you sign a player who is finished. Mourinho just wanted a job with money. He had his third sacking in four years. Uh, I mean, there's more. But, but is, just... There's no there's no Gareth Bale subtlety there, mate. That is like, no, <laughs> saying no, it as it is. Bale, but it's nice to be playing the Tottenham way again. Paolo Di Canio. He is finished. He is crap. He is awful. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Bale... The Bale thing's interesting because Bale scores a hat trick in this. Everyone's like overjoyed. It was nice to see him look fit, sharp, keen to play. Um, the thing I also loved about this is when you watch that on Match of the Day, and anyone going back, you, you might want to watch this again. You can see it. Is that one of the things I dreamt of when we re-signed Bale, and I talked about it on the podcast. Me and you talked about it. Is the idea that defenders are going to be stuffed? Do you go to Kane? Do you go to Bell? Do you go to Sonny? Do you close this one down if they're going to play it to this one? Do you stand off? Do you, what, you know, mm. Having those three on the pitch causes the fence headaches before they even kick the ball. And each of these goals you can see, like Kane for um, the, the hat-trick goal, the reason why Bell has that space is because Kane runs across and two defenders go with him. Yeah. 
because it's Kane. Kane's running into the box. You go with Kane running into the box. You don't leave Kane to get in behind you. Oh, hang on a minute. Bale from 30 yards. Crap. You don't leave Bale with 30 <laughs> yards in space. What do we do? And then later on, Bale goes one way. Kane stands, literally just stands back so the defence is on him. And Son has the space to come inside and curl it into the you know top corner. It is everything in those moments that I'm like... That's what I wanted to see all season. Mm. That that was it. Mm. Because defence is... It doesn't matter how good the defence is. Like, Sheffield United are going down, they're relegated. You can look at that and go, you know, they're the worst defence in the league. Uh, they're probably not, but there are... Any defence at all, any defence would look at those three and immediately think, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. You know, what do we do? And and you have... To, and it changes the mindset of full-backs. If you're playing against a team who've got full-backs, they're like, yeah, we're really going to kick on. Well, hang on a minute, because if Sun's out there and Bale's out there, if I kick on and they get the ball, you know, I'm 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 in trouble here. Mm. So, all right, all right, I'll I'll be a bit more cautious, you know, and it just puts doubts in teams' minds, and and it's such a different mindset because what we're then doing is we're playing our game, and whereas with Jose, all we've seen all season is we're just gonna play to beat this particular team, and we're just gonna try and absorb them and, and hit them on the break and stuff like that and it just man it was dark yeah it really was it was just there was no no you know winning in that you know like, like you just said and, it, and I think it is a perfect example is that other than the Man United and Southampton games I've not watched Master of the Day and Master of the Day to a tournament even if we won a game comfortably I've had no interest no it's not been it's not there's not been a game under Jose where I've gone oh I'd watch that again yeah even the Man United game six one, like if that whole game was on replay, I probably wouldn't watch it. I'd like I watched the goal, mm. <laughs> but but it just there was no real joy in anything we were doing. So just to win a game four 0 just to win a game playing good football, it, it was great. Um, the Chelsea incident aside, that was crap. Um, one of the things Gareth Bale obviously scored a hat trick in that game. His loan's coming to an end after four games. Um, it is. Widely reported by people I trust, the people who I know have a good insight with the club and are also kind of trade for stories with the club. So when you get something from them uniformed across all of these reporters, you kind of know the club have told them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, uh, please don't tell everyone that Jose got punched by Daniel Levy and in return we'll give you this. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> sort of thing. That, that was a joke. <laughs> Would be hilarious, but that was a joke. Um, so... They've all said we've got an option for Bale for next year. Exactly the same terms, another loan to finish his Real Madrid contract. If that is true, and obviously a lot's going to depend on the manager we appoint, I think it would be mental not to do that. Oh, mate, especially as like, hopefully, uh, you never know what's going to happen, but with the vaccinations... Seem to yeah. seem to be making a good difference. Then possibly I might be able to go next season. And, exactly, because oh, that is one yeah. that's been one of the most disappointing things of the season that I've not been able to go and watch him live. It, it, it has been. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you'd been able to go watch him score that hat trick against Sheffield United, you'd have been like, <sighs> loan fee worth it. Oh, <laughs> you know, just seeing back because oh. it's quite because it's quite an interesting sort of debate about it. Because obviously, there's no fee involved in keeping Bale anymore. It's basically the wages. The wages are fairly high. Over the course of a season, I think someone's done an estimate. It's going to cost you about twelve million to have Bale there. Now, if you work on the theory that. You, if Bale didn't go back and you wanted to sign somebody, then you're looking at wages like that anyway, or or a little bit lower, plus a signing fee, plus you know agent fees, plus the actual transfer fee and everything like that. Another thing people have said is, oh, you know, Bale can't do it against the top sides anymore. He's a bit of a flat track bully. Well, it, part of my potential dumbness on this, but when I've been a fan of Tottenham for a long time, it's actually those games where we cock it up more. Mm. It's actually, you know, I've seen us, you know, beat Arsenal 2-0, beat Man United, beat Man City. It's like, oh, we're on the best run ever. We got West Brom next, lost 1-0. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what? What? <laughs> you know, we're in the form of our lives and then we can't break down West Brom. 
that's where a guy like Bale comes in. And it's where me and you, like the Pochettino team, for two seasons, were the best team over two seasons. They won the most points, everything. The reason why we didn't win a league title in those two seasons are stupid-ass draws and stupid-ass losses like that I just said. Literally, if you go back and look at those seasons, we were dominant over our rivals. We were dominant in every statistic other than we'd lose stupid-ass stupid points. yeah. You know, I think the first of those two seasons, we drew the most of any of the top sides. And and we looked at it, and me and you both said at times, like, well, these are games we would have lost, so it is an improvement, and it was. But into the next season, you wanted us to win more of those, and, you know, it's like stupid-ass, like losing the Newcastle at home. It's like, what? Yeah, just How, silly how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you had... Now, we both said at that time, we were in for Zaha, and I genuinely, hand-on-heart believe he would have been the difference because he was a player that out of nowhere, 30-yard screamer, you know, and he could have turned that 1-0 loss into a 1-0 draw. He could have turned that 1-0 draw into a 2-1 win. You, I can apply that now with Bale and his return, and I do genuinely believe it because, again, you know, Kane, you cannot rely on him to score in every single game. I mean, he'd love to, and I think he tries, but you cannot do that. You need goals elsewhere. Sonny is more than chipped in this season he's been phenomenal but if you add in Bale as well so when you've got games like that when it's tough and everything and then like I said the defenders have got their eyes on Kane they've got their eyes on Son oh here's Bale 30 yards bang top bins thank you very much mm. uh, it's a difference maker and it's to me it's a no brainer and also what manager who wants to play attacking football would arrive at a club and go Bale no thank you yeah oh. exactly yeah. world class loves the club fans worship him no who want him here Ugh. and also as well like so much is being made of the fact that you know he's lost a bit of his pace which he has but yeah, 32 he's, he's what, 30, is it going to be 30 it'll be 32 yeah. for next season I mean yeah, you've only yeah. got to look at um, Ibrahimovic at, you know he, he's still going yeah. he's like nearly yeah, 40 yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, so, yeah. If, that guy's pushing 50 at least <laughs> yeah. but he made a difference yeah. in Menu, and, and Bale will yeah. make a difference with us So I, I, he will and every everything I've read as well is that how one he's loved in the dressing room because a lot of the players in that dressing room when he walked in were expecting Galactico Bertie Big Bollocks and were nervous of Gareth Bale arriving and apparently within a few days, everyone was like, oh, wow. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's really... Yeah. And, and also, every single thing I've ever heard from anyone at the club, and there are a few people that I'm fortunate enough to know, I've said from you day one, and I've said it on here, and I've said it to you privately, he is so happy to be back at Tottenham. Mm. Like like everyone said, like the day he got back at Hotspur Way, there were fans outside, he arrived to do his medical and everything, and everyone just said from that, he's like he was like hugging people, he'd not seen, like saying hello to people. You know, COVID shouldn't have been doing that, Gareth. But he was, <laughs> you know, he was just, he was just happy. He was just happy to be back somewhere where he felt at home and felt, you know, loved and wanted to play football. And then you got the situation where you know he was so injured, and there was a lot of psychological stuff early on as well, where it was nervousness of pushing and the muscle going again, you know. And I and I think we talked about it loads, and I I don't I don't disagree with the way Jose took his time with him and sort of managed him to come back. What I do disagree with is the idea that the minute someone has one-off game or anything, you drop them. Mm. It, because he had that purple patch and an Arsenal game where we were all crap. Like, the whole team didn't show up and Bell never played under Jose again. It was an ego thing, Sam, with him. I think It was so. just... Yeah. Well, I, I think it's pretty obvious it was an ego thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you know what? I know I know you, you want... This is... You know, we're talking about Bell and, you know, and... And, mm. and I do hope he... I really hope that he takes they take the option next year. I'd be yeah. actually delighted if they do. But another player I wanted to mention who obviously came back as well and started was Delhi. And it was yeah, how yeah. good was it to see Delhi back? Yeah, yeah. One you know, I said caveat, the guy clearly is ridiculously rusty, like ridiculously. But you follow any of the stats, he was pressing from minute one in the final third. He covered more distance than anybody in that. He was in their faces. He was trying flicks. He was always trying to play it forward. It's exactly what you want from a player in that role. And if you could get him back to some sort of fire in, some sort of match fitness, the idea of Harry Kane with Delhi's son and Bale behind him, 
so, so we've had we've had Danny all season. We've had him yeah. all freaking season yeah, fit. Because of this yeah. fucking egotistical prick we've had at, in, at the helm, yeah. he's not been able to play. You know, it's just ridiculous. No. It's mental. I mean, more over time, more and more, more and more is going to come out. Um, but at, at the moment, it's just a case of it's it's insanity. It's insanity that. But it's all round insanity, and and I gotta say this in a really balanced way. Jose Mourinho was appointed as our manager, and Jose Mourinho looked at Delhi and decided he's not for me. At that point, when we had the option to loan him to PSG, so his wages were off the books, and we were going to get a loan fee, that should have happened. Mm. Do you see my point? Yeah, with that? no. Like, I get if you've that, appointed yeah. a manager. That that should have happened because what then happened was he didn't play in. So we're paying Delhi over hundred grand a week to sit on his ass and go to the gym. We've lost the option. The kid's lost a year of football where now he looks ridiculously rusty, whereas he could have played in Paris, you know, and just really kicked on from that under Pochettino again. It's mad. All round it's mad. And that's a decision that's come from Levy who blocked him and no no no, 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 keep Delhi, keep Delhi, Delhi's good. I mean, I don't disagree with Daniel on that, but I disagree with the fact that you appoint a manager and then second guess it yeah. because that's ridiculous. Mm. And that I think stuff like that is what causes the problems. I think that causes, like you said, the ego. Jose won't go, you know, because all the press wouldn't it? Oh, you know, January transfer window's over now. We've had a good chat. You know, we're, you know, everything's fine. And then didn't play him. Oh. It was bollocks. Mm. <laughs> it was PR. Yeah. He just he just dug his heels in and also when you're a player and you reach the point of no matter what I do this asshole ain't gonna budge why am I gonna try yeah of course so then Jose of course could justify oh you know he's not training hard enough he's not doing this well that's because the kid's completely lost all heart and he's just decided I'm done I'm gonna have to find a new club I'm gonna have to do this I'm gonna have to leave you know there's all that tension between all the players because that's what Jose wanted he wanted to create tension he wanted to create this friction and all of that at the moment being healed or an attempt to heal it is yeah, mental, absolutely mental. Um, one of the other things that uh, came out yesterday and I want to bring up with you because when we were having our big debate over the European Super League, one of the things that really grinded your gears about the debate was the hypocrisy you felt coming from Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. And I I found a perfect example for you to just get up on a soapbox. Okay. <laughs> So, basically, we've got Leeds United next, uh, Wolverhampton, and then we've got a game against Aston Villa. And that game for Aston Villa was moved because fans can now attend that game. So, it was moved to a date after the government guidelines to allow fans. So, our final home game of the season, fans can attend. Some fans can attend. So, that's great. And it was good that it was moved. It's a weekday, so kickoff is 7.45. Sky have decided to televise it and have moved the kickoff to 6pm. All right. On a weekday. Yeah, which is perfect, isn't it, for people who do 9 to where, 5, who's like got to get... Where, yeah. where's, where's the consideration for fans there? Mm. When we've had weeks of, oh, football's nothing without the fans, oh, these horrible clubs dictating, and they didn't even think of the fans. Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, where the fuck are you Yeah, now? it's... Where, where is it now? Because, like, I I agreed with that position. We're, going on. We're not going to go down that debate again. <laughs> I agreed with that position, but... I'm also not stupid enough to think that Sky were innocent in all of this and Sky Sports are the good guys because they're not. They're, they're not. They're football fans, I was sticking up for football fans. I was not sticking up for Sky Sports. Sky Sports were using it to grandstand and this is the perfect example. And this is where I want everybody who was animated, everybody who was as furious as I was over the Super League now need to turn on Sky Sports. And I saw it yesterday. When this was announced... I saw Twitter ferociously laying into Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, tagging them in every single thing of it being the game being moved, saying, your faults? Yeah. What about the fans now? Yeah. Sky Sports, Twitter, I mean, it was bombarded. It was trending for about two hours. It was a bombardment. Any response from them or anything? No, no, fuck all. Of course. It is frustrating. It is aggravating because... I've seen situations with Sky Sports like with Gary Neville speaking out about racism and Sky Sports shut him down saying these are the views of Gary Neville, not Sky Sports. And I thought, well, Gary, you, you've you've said your bit there, well done. I've seen him say his bit over this and Sky Sports let him run and run and run because it suited their, their position. 
Now you've got this situation, Gary. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna are you gonna be for the people like you claim you are, or are you gonna shut the f- up because your paymasters have told you to? Yeah. It's, he could easily on his Twitter account retweet this and go, "Yeah, this is disgusting, and this isn't right. This needs to be addressed." Because football fans and football, like the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust and all the trusts of all these other football clubs in the Premier League, have been campaigning about this for years. When you move a fixture like this for TV, where are the fans being considered? You know, where is the consideration for live fans? And the and the COVID pandemic and everything taking fans away. All they've done the whole time, oh, we miss fans. Oh, you know, in football, not the same without the fans. And the minute fans are allowed back, they shaft them again for yeah. TV. It's just, it's so hypocritical, isn't it? It really is. Massively. I, yeah, and and, that, and that's the point I wanted to make. And do you know what? Something else highlighted um, the kind of point I was trying to make as well when we had a debate. Mm. You know, obviously, the uh, the Man United-Liverpool game was, um, yeah, was postponed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if if you look at the footage, because actually the footage I saw was funny enough watching match today, because they they showed yeah. a bit of it before our game, and you look at the Man United fans, and I'm not saying it's all of them, and I'm not saying it's yeah. all points, but when they're on in that pitch, you look at how many of them are laughing, taking selfies. Now, yeah. if it was outrage, if they were in there because they were outraged about the Super League, these are angry fans. These are angry fans yeah. that have broken into the stadium yeah. because they're sick of the way that they're sick of something run, yeah. yeah and they're like you know they want to make they want to show their anger there wasn't anger there they were wow. they were laughing they were like, literally smiling and laughing that they were in this stadium and they're laughing about it you know yeah. it's not it's like it, it doesn't feel genuine to me and that, and that's and that's how it felt and, and I, look, I don't want to go down the old same road again but that's how it felt before it just didn't it, there wasn't the genuineness to, to the outrage and I think that that what I saw on, on that on that footage kind of uh, it, 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 it kind well, of made that I mean, point for me a bit more I think you know yeah I mean it's also worth noting during that you know several police officers were injured a flare was thrown at the Sky Sports studio there were plenty of people there who were acting as assholes and were angry um, yeah there was a... I, I'd rather I'd rather people be protesting taking selfies than setting fire to stuff oh I'm yeah no but no but no no don't get me wrong uh, 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 Sam I'm not trying to suggest that they should have been smashing things up in anger but I just for, for me like I just feel like because of like the anger you saw, like if yeah. if they were genuinely angry and they were doing this because they were so angry, why where where where's why is the smiles? Why is the happiness? Why is the like the cheekiness that we're in the stadium? Like that's not yeah. protesting. That's just bad behaviour and trying to and, and yeah. smiling about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I do, I do see your point. I mean, I, I think when you got several thousand people showing up, some are going to show up because, hey, we're here. Let's, let's get our phones out. We can be social media stars for the day. Did, did you... And then you've got others that show up literally just to hurt people. They don't give a crap yeah, about protests. Yeah. And then you've got the others who are there to genuinely try and voice it. And, and that's the problem. The problem is, is what is genuinely going on gets lost. Because like you've looked at that and you've gone, they're just taking the piss. Others have looked at it and gone, they're just thugs. And no one's actually discussing the fact that thousands showed up to protest and were there just to protest, and the minute things went bad, left. Yeah, the genuine you know ones, I mean? yeah. Yeah, the it's, genuine and, yeah. The, and that's the problem, because that coverage has changed because of the assholes that were violent and because of the others who were just goofy pricks who wanted to get on social media for the day. Do you know, do you know what, Sam? That reminds me of... Um, when, when the uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement did the, the, uh, protested yeah. and they, they were, like yeah. the genuine ones were the ones that you know were, were trying to make and then you've got the idiots that come along and just trying to smash things up and, and yeah you're right yeah and and they and they, and and then all the all the press and all the, the you know all the kind of the the, new, the news um, companies are interested in is the people that are smashing windows and then suddenly yeah. they're Black Lives Matter they're the only people you need to worry about but the actual genuine ones who aren't yeah. who aren't making anything yeah. newsworthy yeah. because they're just they're, just coming to protest yeah yeah yeah. and the whole the whole point's missed isn't it no i I agree with you and the one final thing i'm going to say on this because we're seeing a lot of football protests i know tottenham fans have got one planned as well um we're seeing a lot of this and we're seeing the policing of these events i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say this right i don't like making political things or anything like that but it's something that is bothered me is not that long ago a woman in london was killed by a police officer and women held a vigil and during that vigil, the police broke it up violently. That's right, yeah. Maybe if they'd all wore football shirts, the police would have been a bit nicer to them. Yeah. 
because I'm sorry, I'm watching these fans throw flares at Sky Sports Studios, rip up cameras, and the police just stand there. Mm. I'm 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 baffled by this. So a group of women in a vigil. I, I, I can't get over that. I, I can't look past that. Since then, I've seen Glasgow Rangers supporters celebrating in the streets, breaking lockdown. Because that was it. Oh, they're breaking lockdown rules, breaking COVID rules. And yeah, I, I'm, I get that. And I get that. But they're a way of policing things. In Glasgow, did the police want to engage Glaswegians who were all drunk doing it? No, they didn't. No. They stood off. <laughs> yeah. They stood off and dispersed them. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the way things are policed. Shit needs to change. Because... Mm racial uh, or you know gender anything like that it just what a group of football fans can storm old trafford and the police stand there wait for them to leave but women stood around in the vigil they get attacked in front of the ground yeah anyway anyway moving on moving on i just (laughs) sat to highlight that um jose's gone the roma we mentioned it earlier on um again from people within the club there's a sense of serious relief. Uh, Alistair Gold uh, reported yesterday, Football London, who's got great ties into the club, that as far as he's been told, that basically means we continue paying his salary up to the summer when he starts his Roma job. That's it. Happy days. Reports in Italy tried to suggest that we were subsidising it. Um, it didn't sound very Daniel Levy that when I heard it. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, bloody hell, he's supposed to be a great businessman and stuff like this keeps happening. But no, um it would appear that, and that does it does track because that's the same as what it was with Pochettino. It's the same as what Tottenham build into all their manager contracts, which is, if you're relieved of your duties, we will continue paying you basically and paying you to sit on your ass until you find a new job. You're not getting like a big lump payment out of us. Um, we don't pay people for failure. We just keep paying their wages every yeah, week yeah, for failure. But not doing anything. <laughs> Depressing. Uh, but it is going to save the club a lot of money. The fact Jose's landed this job with Roma so quickly um, basically is going to save the club millions. Um, so, what well on Jose. Thank you, Roma. Um, Roma, if you're interested in a few players, we got a fire sale starting with Musa Sissoko this summer <laughs> as well. So get in touch. You know, if you, you're big, big fans of yours right now, I've got to be honest. Um, the next thing I want to talk about uh, other than the fact that Ding Dong Joe's is gone and um, properly now is Harry Kane. Now Harry Kane put a tweet out yesterday saying four massive games to go, and I think it's something ingrained in Tottenham fans, which is kind of a, a coping mechanism. But the vast majority of the replies were, "Our last four games with you, we're going to miss you." Now. That could be true. <laughs> it's it's the likeliest it has ever been that he could leave us this summer, without a doubt. Um, and there's four games left of the season. Now, I don't want to focus on that because it's going to depress me and we've got a whole summer of him being linked everywhere, him being on England duty with passive-aggressive comments like, yes, of course I'd like to win trophies and all of us crying into our breakfast cereal every day. So... That, you know, that aside, (laughs) let's park that over there. And let's just talk for a moment about the season that Harry Kane's had. We've got four games left and Harry Kane is looking to set a Premier League record where he is both top of the goal scoring chart and the assist chart. Harry Kane has scored 21 Premier League goals, putting him top at the moment with his nearest rival, Mo Salah, on 20. So you've got four games left. Kane, you need to start scoring, son. You need you need to get your Come boots on. on because, socks, because against Sheffield United, you could have had a couple and you were you were in bar. His doors. shooting was you, well you were, off, wasn't it? And he had this look on his face of like, what what's going f- on? It's like, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's yeah. not working? <laughs> you genuinely a couple of times looked at the ground like, well, that doesn't make sense. That's not what happened. No. Shoot. Um, look, everyone has days. like I've seen the best players in the world have days like that. So I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, we won the game 4-0, so it ain't going to bother me. But you can look generally look at it. You had that look of, after this game, I'm taking the balls. I'm going shooting practice yeah. for four hours. Yeah. Harry, you got a family. I don't care. Okay. They can wait. <laughs> I need to sort this out. Um, but yeah, so he's on 21 goals. Mo Salah's on 20. So he's chasing that golden boot. Now, he's got 13 assists. Um, the nearest to him is uh, Fernandez at Man United and De Bruyne at Man City are both on 11. So he is leading the way in both. Um, it's a phenomenal... Anytime you've got a player that goes into double figures for goals and assists, he's doing something pretty special, yeah, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we've got two of them. Yeah. I didn't realise this. Sonny's not only scored 16 league goals, he's set up 10. Wow, yeah. 
I mean that that what a phenomenal season mm. Sonny's had. Mm. You know, you, you take us, you take me and you back to the nineties and the two thousands. And someone said, "Oh, you'll have a striker who gets sixteen league goals and ten assists." We'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever." And if someone said, "Yeah, and he, he won't be your top scorer or the top assister in the team," that'd be a different striker who scored twenty one and assisted thirteen. On your bike, sunshine. That will <laughs> never happen in a million years for Tottenham Hotspur. I do not believe it. But the reality is, these two were phenomenal. I mean, that that purple patch they had at the start of the season was something else. Um, now, the reality is, we can all look at that now and realise that those two being so sensational basically papered over some pretty serious-ass cracks yeah. in what yeah. was going on. But we still, they were still phenomenal. Um, now, I was looking at these stats on the Premier League.com, right? And I stumbled, and I, I thought, right, I'm going to roll through all the others to see if Tottenham players are ahead of anything else. Most fouls committed, we have a player in second. Hoybier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's there for, ladies and germs. Yeah, and, and he's not top of the bookings either, so he's doing it right. Do you know, um, do you know, I've said this before with him, though, yeah. but he talks his way out of so many he bookings. He does. He does. He, he's a good... Yeah, that's When you've got a player in that role, think of Nagoda Kante. That guy fouls people constantly and just has this look of like, me? Yeah. Me, sir? Yeah. Yeah. No, sir. No, I'd never do that on purpose, sir. And the referee's like, oh, you, you little scamp, okay? Yeah, look at him hacking down a six-foot-four player. No way he did that on purpose, you little scamp. Off you go. And the Golo's like, he got him again. Um, but when you're in that position, those are the ones that are very good. You know, the, the players you just break up the play constantly and have this look on their face of like, what? Oh no, did he trip over my foot? Oh, that was a close one, wasn't it, sir? I nearly had the ball. (laughs) It's just nonsense. You've hacked the guy down and got away with it. But yeah, he does that quite brilliantly. But the stat I found that cracked me up the most was we are top of a chart with the player who has been subbed off in the league the most times. We have a player who has been substituted 22 times in the Premier League this season. Who do you think that is? Uh, Who's come off all the time? And when I tell you, you're going to go, yeah, 100%. But just see if you can guess it first. It's not Bao, is it? Because he's been substituted off a lot. No, no, Um, no, not Bao. He hasn't played enough. He's substituted 22 times. Yeah, do you know, I'm going to kick myself because go and tell me who is it. It's Tangi Undumbele. Of course, yeah. Of course yeah. it is. He's, he never lasts 90 <laughs> minutes, does he? Of course it's Tangi. He's been substituted 22 times. <laughs> Tangi does not play 90 minutes. It what does. the hell? The guy... I mean, Roy Mason's playing this more pressing, more dynamic football moment, and Tangi's not starting. I was like, oh, why ain't he starting Tango? The guy can't play 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to let. He couldn't play 90 under Jose's defensive no, ball. Yeah, just... How is he going to play 45 where he's got to press people as well? <laughs> I, I don't know about Tangi. That guy is just so much potential and so much ability, <sighs> mm. and he is a joy to watch play football in snippets. Yeah. But the fact we're into a second season of him and he ain't playing 90 minutes, someone has got to get hold of him. Like, the new manager coming in must bring in a fitness. Right, okay, here's the fitness coach for the team and here's one for Tangi. <laughs> well, you say that, but I'm sure that Jose used to break COVID rules to get him taken down the park. To try oh, Jose, yeah. Come on, come on, Tangi, we're going to go for a run. No, I'm having a Mars bar. No, Tangi, come on. I mean, don't get me wrong, one of the best players I ever watched play football was Paul Gascoigne, and that dude would drink five pints, yeah. eat a Mars bar, and then go be the best player on the pitch. But you could get away with it in them the, days. The game's you? changed. Yeah. <laughs> Tangi, come on, man. He's got, this, he's got this look of like, but Gazza did it. Yeah, why can't I? Yeah, come on. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, the guy ain't fat, all right? This is, this is just a joke. The, guy, the guy's ripped, a very fit football player, but he doesn't have match fit. There's something that just... And he's come from the French league which is very very different in intensity to the English league and if there's a position in the English league which is the most demanding it is the position he plays yeah do you know what I think it is with him with Ndombele it, yeah. I definitely think it's an attitude thing because I've said this before yeah. but he's one of these players where you know like he'll get a get a knock or yeah and he just like just, broken, you just want to go get on with it like he's he just seems to have this 
attitude, this kind of like a defeatist, from, from only from what I see from the outside, it's yeah. like almost like a defeatist attitude, isn't it? You know, he doesn't... I, I, I think um, I think when he first got here on the Jose, he definitely did. And now he seems a lot happier, a lot more relaxed. He looks a lot more... Like, for example, he hadn't been picked for the last two games, but um, a fair few journalists pointed out that he was proper laughing and joking, getting the bench all going. He was playing tricks on his teammates on the sidelines. So the guy's clearly in the squad and feeling happy. And mm. obviously, Mason not picking him is explaining to him, look, this is tactical, this is what we're doing. And he's like, okay. Yeah. I'm not, you know, he's not taking it as like a personal affront or anything. Mm. Um, but also, I think, he, I think he also perhaps accepts... I've been substituted 22 times. Yeah, yeah. I, I just could I'm sorry, I know I keep saying it, but it just cracked me up. That is ridiculous, I was, like, I was like, a subbed off is a stat? Bloody hell, Opta, get a look. Oh, wait, no, this is hilarious. <laughs> I need to tell Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway. Yeah, that I mean, is ridiculous. Tangi is an enigma, and I think he's one of those players that wherever he is, whichever manager, whatever coach, whatever tactics, some days he's going to look like the best footballer in the world, and other days he's going to look like the laziest footballer footballer in the world yeah. I think he's an enigma um, but he's such a Tottenham player because of that <laughs> I'm sorry but he is so Tottenham that, you know you got this player that everyone looks at and goes he's world class he's absolute world class why isn't he playing for oh that's why <laughs> they've subbed him 22 times because he can't last 90 minutes <laughs> And when he does last 90 minutes, he basically has to sleep for a week in a hibernation <laughs> chamber. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, me up. dear. Um, now, I didn't put a post out this week for comments, and, and it was a, kind of a deliberate thing because I, we had a fair few different things I want to talk about. But someone decided to bypass that anyway and has messaged Laura on Instagram. Um, we actually have a message here uh, from someone who has his own intro. Now it's time for a comment from my brother. Okay, the Island Brother asks, It's been a while. Hope everyone at Spurs News is doing well. My question is, have you guys confirmed or debunked the rumour that Jose killed the team fitness with a strange training programme like it was rumoured at Man United? Keep up the stellar work. I'll be listening. Now, he's done I'll be listening with a thumbs up, which feels less threatening. Than, <laughs> yeah. Than, yeah, yeah, like, I'll be listening. Answer my question. Make sure you I'll read it. <laughs> He's a big you dude sure by that picture. You make you read this out because I'll be downloading that podcast. <laughs> like, you know, some of the emails I get are like, very threatening. Do, 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 do you know what, Sam? Like, you're good at your impressions, but if he's an island brother, then I'm presuming that he's like yeah, one of the Caribbean islands. So I don't I think don't he's... Think, I don't think, one, it's appropriate for me to try and do that. <laughs> and two, I don't think he sounds like an East End gangster who wants to be an East Ender as even like I was doing. I thought you was doing I a taxi swear. driver. That would sound like a taxi driver. Taxi, taxi driver, taxi, yes. Don't go south of the river, mate. I've ever had, yeah. All right, son. Yeah, where are you going in? All right, yeah. Go on. All right. Well, you had a good day. You shopping, is you? <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to get the whole meeting. <laughs> oh, that accent. Where's that from? I'm, I'm from Bristol. <laughs> War! All right, you're a funny fuck. Come on, just drive the freaking car. Do you know what? I'd, I'd suggest, Sam, because you, you, you know, your impressions are good. And um, I just wanted to briefly mention, because I know this is a, a football podcast, a Spurs podcast, but yeah. me and the missus have been watching Line of Duty, and I know a lot of people have. Yeah. And yeah. just very, very briefly, like, yeah. why does the why does the dude um, have the um, oh, forget his name? His, his name always escapes me. One of the main characters, but he yeah. has an, a London accent, yet he's Scottish. It just doesn't make any sense. But he does a very good London accent. He does, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Casting in TV and stuff like that always baffles me with things. My my favourite one, or the biggest one, is you've got Benedict Cumberbatch, one of the most recognisable voices and actors on the planet because he, he's a weird looking dude but he's much, so recognisable and his voice is iconic. Like You hear him do a cartoon animation, you know it's him straight away. And yet... Disney Marvel cast him and made him do an American accent, which he's crap at. Okay. <laughs> and it's awful. Why did they need to do um, that? Yeah, it's just, why do it? Just, yeah. I know the character was originally American, but if you're going to cast this guy with this iconic voice, just let him, let let him be, be English. Be, yeah. yeah, exactly. Just, just let it be English. Just yeah. let it happen. Like, yeah, he's American, but he spent 10 years in England, so his accent's gone. It's backstory yeah. the crap out of it. But just, <laughs> if you're going to cast this guy, which on appearance is great casting, but just can't do the accent. No, it's hilarious. No. But no, they need to get you a board, Sam. 
like line of duty with line of duty is the guy from northern ireland because i always say this with people about the northern ireland accent it's just you've just got to sound depressed no matter what's going on yeah uh, like i absolutely won the lottery last night i'm absolutely ecstatic he's like well tell your face dude what the hell <laughs> Yeah, my favourite, my favourite saying was from last, I think it's last week's episode where he goes, "Jesus, Mary and Joseph yeah, and the wee yeah. donkey." <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph and the wee donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, man. Anyway, um, anyway. Yeah. So, Island Brother, you, you raised something which is, um, more and more is going to come out, but I, I like again, I say this a few times. Fortunate enough that I get told a few things by a few people that do know. Tottenham's fitness levels are in the toilet. Mm. Now, after Jose left Man United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did this interview where he took over and he said that one of the first things he needed to address was the team's fitness levels was appalling. And subsequent interviews and other things, you can find these articles, they're all out there, it's from quite a while ago now. He constantly talked about how the fitness levels of a team he left in Norway were far superior than that of Manchester United in the Premier League, wow. and he was baffled by it. Mm. He never once threw that at Jose, never once. No one has, but read between the lines. He took over, and the squad was in the toilet. Ryan Mason has said something very similar. Um, with he, he was far more polite because I think he knows a lot of these players personally. <laughs> but he basically said the team needs to. What was he said? He said one of the first things we did was we adjusted the training um, for this team to try and get peak performance for the final games. This far into a season, you're not going to go. Wow, your fitness levels are crap. Let's do a mini preseason because you're going to kill them. <laughs> it's pointless. Yeah, of course. But anyone coming in is going to have that problem to deal with and is going to have to deal with it because over the season, I kept saying it might the fatigue levels must be because of the, we've had so many games. It must be. It must be. But no, every single thing coming out is that sports science was abandoned. Um, physio reports on players was ignored, hence why Ben Davis is so badly injured. Jose pra- praised him for playing injured, by the way. I still find that mind-boggling. Well, do you know, remember the documentary when he's trying to get Sonny to play with a broken yeah, arm? Yeah, a broken arm. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, it's outdated. Mm. This, 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 Like I was talking about the head injuries, this bravado, this man, a man plays hurt. There is a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Like, for example, I've been kicked and I've got a big bruise coming up. I'm hurt. I'll, I can play on. I've got a potential muscle injury, which I can feel pulling. And if I sprint, it's going to rip. That's ridiculous mm. to try and play on. That's mm. stupid. And yet, that's what was happening. That was what they were being encouraged. And because the sessions were built around uh, defence and built around neutralising the opposition and then trying to hit them on the counter... The physicality of that, you're not looking to retain possession, you're not looking to move the ball quickly, you're not looking to do anything other than short bursts. So all of the training was geared to that. There there were rumours months ago that Tottenham players were baffled the fact they never did any drills at all on offence. If that's true, which when you look at where it's come from, it sounds like it must be, It it's mental. You, you think about that, as a team... With Delhi, Bale, Sonny, Kane, all these players, and they were just, you know, don't work on anything. And and the thing is, like they were saying that some of the Tottenham players were basically improvising sessions themselves that Pochettino did to try and get some sort of pattern to their attacks. It's ridiculous. I mean, absolutely it, ridiculous. It's now, yeah. when we talk about Jose being done stuff like that, we talked about the way he deals with people and the way people have changed and the way they say. It, genuinely looking at that and looking at the reports that have come out from both Manchester United and now Tottenham and look at the fact that he was sacked from Chelsea in that second season he arrived motivated a very very good team to win the league when he went back to Chelsea in the second season they were awful Yeah, like they were like relegation fodder and crawling their way up to mid-table when he got sacked I think he mm. got sacked they were like 15th mm. that was because the whole squad were like what is this you know, we've had a preseason where we've done nothing. You know, you know, we're not, fit. and they weren't fit. So again, it, 
the old ways don't work anymore. You know, you have to adapt. You have to change. And he, he talked when he joined us about, I've learned. And I had a year off. I've brought in new coaches around me. New ideas. I'm afraid he surrounded himself with yes men because it's Jose. I think people came to Jose like, it's Jose. Whatever he says goes, yeah, Jose. Yeah. And it's... I think the players bought it. I think the players were like, it's Jose. If Jose's telling us we don't have to do the extra fitness, then Jose's right. Jose's won everything. Yeah. And we as fans were kind of like, well, doesn't seem right, but he has mm. bloody won everything, so mm. it's got to be right. And now we can all look at it and go, no, it wasn't right. He won everything years ago. <laughs> he's just he's just a walking ego. And and you know the 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 when when he got um when we sacked him like what was it, the next day I yeah. think it even was he was putting on their oh, trophy he won in Real Madrid a, yeah, few, a long while yeah, ago. That's yeah, all and, it is with him. It's just all and, ego. And, and uh, he was posting about uh, Chelsea. Uh, title was the third one the other day as well. It's just all um, ego. It's all he is. It is massive. But the 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 one thing that's come out that that I was I was told, and I don't know if I've shared this with you or not yet, which is just it. it I I can't tell everyone if this is true, um, but it sounds true, and it's come from someone who would know. Um, the players um went a group of players went to Jose to basically say to him that they felt they needed to work on a different style, like possession, basically. So he sat down with a team meeting and said the reason why he didn't do that is because possession stats mean nothing. Goals is what wins football matches. He said that openly in TV reports, stuff like that. And he explained to him that his philosophy was about using the ball well, not using the ball constantly. Toby Alderweireld, apparently, one-on-one with Jose, said to him, the reason why we're conceding so many late goals is because we're not retaining the ball. We are constantly under pressure. You know, we are literally under pressure as a defence for 60, 70 minutes every game. If we do that every game, of course, cracks are going to happen. Mm. It just is impossible. The reason why a lot of the players are talking about working on retaining the ball better is because if we do that, then it relieves the pressure on us. Even if we just keep it in midfield, even if we're not scoring, dominating a team, at least we can relieve the pressure for five minutes at a time to, to let us regroup. Uh, Toby was sat down on the bench after that, didn't play. Yeah, it just it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise no, me and if that's, that's true. Now, yeah. The person who's told me that is someone I know at the club who wouldn't have been sat in on that meeting, but is around enough. And he's told me stuff in the past that then very much pans out. So logically you hear that and you think, yeah, that sounds true. Mm. <laughs> it sounds about right. Um, but yeah, I, there's so much, there's so many stories coming out. Some stuff, by the way, has come out, was leaked to the press and it's kind of like, so Delhi told you, we're not revealing our sources. It's blatantly Delhi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. blatantly Delhi. <laughs> we all know it's Delhi. Um, so yeah, uh, you could, you know, Jose and his fans will argue, ask oh, disgruntled players who didn't go on well with him. Um, you know, Toby signed his new deal with Tottenham because of Jose. So if Toby, by the end of Jose's tenure, was like, what the f- are we doing here? Mm. You know, this this doesn't make any sense, then... You can tell things weren't right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah completely. Uh, yeah, um, mate, that's it. That's everything. Um, we've covered the lot. Our our next game is Leeds United. Uh, that's going to be a very tough game. Uh, Bielsa gets them playing some lovely stuff. It's definitely going to be a step up from Sheffield United. Uh, but fingers crossed, we can go there with some good intentions and play our own game and yeah, pick up they, some points. Yeah, they, they play attacking football. We, yeah. We're now playing attacking football under Mason. Yeah. We, yeah. on paper, are a better team, so it should be yeah. a game we should win. I, I love that. Unfortunately, football's played on grass, not paper, but <laughs> I'm with you. Let's give it a bloody good go. Um, yeah. yeah, so until next week, when we will be back once again, and we'll be talking about the Leeds game, obviously, and anything else that happens in the exciting world of Tottenham Hotspur. You never know, we might even have a new manager by then. Uh, We'll be back next Thursday, but until then, everybody, you take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News. (laughs) 